Hello and welcome to episode two of Are We There Yet? The Project Edward podcast. This week we have an opportunity to rethink what constitutes an effective post-crash response and we make an effort to consider all aspects of what needs to happen in the aftermath of the collision. But first, we head to the southwest of England to catch up with Chris Boston, road safety manager from Devon and Somerset Fire and Rescue. Chris masterminded the most spectacular start to our road trip last year with a high-profile event in a Plymouth supermarket and a terrific convoy of emergency service vehicles escorting the Project Edward car up the A38 to Exeter Airport for a rendezvous with a crew of the Devon Air Ambulance. When I spoke to Chris, I invited him to reflect on what we managed together last year and what's been happening there since. Just touching back on our event with yourselves and very, very proud and pleased to be part of that with Project Edward. Um, Very worthy causes. Um, The Project Edward itself um, is a great platform. It's a platform where we can show how collaboration is at its highest and how it's best used and that's what that particular day last year was all about it was showing how the emergency services come together and how we work together operationally but not just operationally how we work together in the back rooms and how we prevent these major incidents and these road traffic collisions KSIs the killed and serious injuries how we can prevent those from happening Um, and that just has just grown and grown and it keeps on growing um, the collaboration is our key to um, all of the vision zeros throughout the uk um, and we will continue to strive for our goal which is 2030 and 2040 zero deaths that's some target isn't it chris so what are the priorities how are you going to do it Yes, it is some target, and some may say it's not a realistic target. Um, I think what we do realise, there will always be road traffic collisions. That is something we cannot avoid. Um, But what we are looking to do is to reduce the killed and serious injured on our roads. The only way we can do that is by using the safe systems approach and by working together. the fundamentals and the main way we can get the KSIs down is through education and through partnerships. Um, through looking at those pillars, looking at those who are most at risk on our roads, which, as we know, are young drivers, motorcyclists, professional drivers, cyclists, pedestrians, and the older drivers. So those are the six pillars. Um, We within Devon Somerset Fire and Rescue, we are thematic leads for the young drivers in Vision Zero Southwest and motorcyclists within the West of England Road Safety Partnership. Um, That's not to say the other risks on the road are not equally important, but those are the risks of which we are thematic leads. Education, education, education is the key. Let's have a think about partnerships then. And I'm particularly interested in in how strong your partnerships are with the media, how how you can get the message across, because you can't do it on your own. How have you worked on that? And how supportive do you find the press, the the TV and and the radio in your region? I've got to say, we're 
we're very fortunate because um, we have a fantastic relationship with all of the local media. We have a good relationship um, with all of the press officers within our own areas of Devon, Cornwall and Somerset. And we have a great comms team within Devon Somerset Fire and Rescue. So again, using that to its advantage, we do try and plan ahead. We do plan events. So the larger events, as an example, we've got the 30th anniversary for Devon Air Ambulance coming up on the 13th of August. Um, that is gonna be a collaboration day and that is gonna be celebrating Devon Air Ambulance 30th anniversary but by showing what we do collectively as emergency services. Um, so we will be using the press and the press are totally on board with how we get those messages across. Um, what we're not saying and what we don't do is we don't point fingers. We don't wag our fingers. Those days are way well and truly gone. We are actually saying majority of young drivers on the roads are great drivers are really, really good drivers. Majority of motorcyclists on the road are great motorcyclists with immense amount of experience. But it's unfortunately just the handful, it's the small majority that we have really got to get that message across to. Slow down, speed. Speed is just one of, it is one of the main killers. There's no doubt. So press, we have a great relationship with the press. Let's look at one particular group that uh, is, is well represented, particularly in, in Plymouth. I'm, I'm thinking of the armed forces. Talk to me about any relationships you have with them and how responsive they are to the messages that your partnership and your group are putting out. Right. Well, quite coincidentally, um, this morning I've been in touch with the Royal Marines from um, the barracks in Plymouth um, and... We work in collaboration with the MOD, the military, Ministry of Defence, with a presentation called Survive the Drive, which has been up and running now for some years. Unfortunately, like many presentations and many events, it was hit with the pandemic. Slowly, it's starting to get back out and around. It Survive the Drive is specifically designed for the military and the military personnel. It's very similar to the Learn to Live. It's a live presentation with speakers from emergency services, uh, police, fire, ambulance, air ambulance, but also speakers from those who have been affected by road traffic collisions. We also have speakers from the military or from the families of military personnel who have been lost or seriously injured or affected by road traffic collisions. So this morning I've just been speaking to a sergeant um, from the Royal Marines and hopefully we will have something lined up now towards the end of uh, September, October for the first of our presentations this year with Survive the Drive. Really, really important. It was actually mentioned to me that they have seen a spike in the military, in the MLD, in incidents relating to young personnel from the MLD. Whether that is because we've had no interventions going out over the last couple of years because of the pandemic, 
Um, it's very difficult to say, but we we are going to be back out there again. And likewise with our colleagues in fire and rescue services throughout the UK and throughout um, our collaboration partnerships with the police and uh, ambulance services, again, they will be in the forefront of all of these presentations throughout the UK. I've got one more question for you, Chris, an opportunity rather than a question. The theme for Project Edward 2022 is changing minds, changing behaviour. Now, with your experience as a head of road safety for fire and rescue, what would you say works? What is something, you know, lots of things work, lots of things don't work and lots of things take a long time to work. But what would you point to as saying, yeah, this works for me. I have seen this particular technique work as a behaviour change resource. Just talking to people on their same level. We run Biker Down within Devon Somerset Fire Rescue, um, as do many other fire rescue services. And Biker Down is a National Fire Chief Council-led initiative. Um, a fantastic initiative for motorcyclists. One of the difficulties is engaging with the hard to hit or those most at risk. And I think for me, it's understanding how can we get to those who are most at risk? Is it through events? Is it through media? Is it through just getting out and about? And I think that for me is one of the main things. You've got to be prepared to put yourself out. You've got to get out and about and don't be pointing your finger. Don't be portioning blame. It's about just educating and getting people. They've got to be just thinking about those risks on the road. Um, we don't want to be, no one wants to be remembered as a bunch of flowers on the side of the road. Um, and no one wants to be the next story on Learn to Live or Survive the Drive. So you've got to be thinking about your actions and can we, can the actions I am making make that road a little bit safer for somebody else? So it's about engagement. Chris, thank you so much. We were hoping you'd be joined by Charlotte from uh, the Devon Air Ambulance. But send our best wishes to everyone on the Air Ambulance because I know they've got a big uh, 30-year anniversary coming up next month. So we send them very best wishes. And thanks a million for taking part. Absolutely welcome. And look forward to seeing you on the weekend of September. Um, as many fire rescue services getting together with promoting Biker Down Weekend. So... Really looking forward to it. Anything else we can help with, let us know. That was Chris Boston from Devon and Somerset Fire and Rescue. We move now to an item first aired in last year's Project Edward podcast, but very much worthy of a rerun. As you know, the safe system underpins what we advocate here at Project Edward, and it forms the foundation for so many road safety initiatives these days. One of its pillars is post-crash response, and that'll be one of our mini-themes during the week of action in September. But what does the blueprint for an effective post-crash response need to look like? We had the chance to pose that question to three experts. Cheryl Pinner from HCC Solicitors, Claire Hoyland from FireAid, and first off, Nick Simmons from Roadpiece. I think from our perspective, in terms of a potential blueprint, yes, that peer-to-peer -peer support is an incredibly important starting point. Everyone takes a different amount of, of, of time to move through the process. 
one of the key things that Road Peace seek to deliver to road crash victims, a resilience program. So we, we try and ensure that they have some coping mechanisms, uh, some tools uh, to deal with some of the, uh, the the challenges that they find in their personal situation. So that's really important. And then typically we find that perhaps, as, as I may have mentioned before, people are so, having been through this awful experience, they're so keen to try and do whatever they can to prevent anybody else having to endure what they've endured. So the campaigning issue becomes really important. But there's a challenge around that because, you know, when I look at road peace and, and, and the issues that we feel we, we need to campaign on, there are 30 or 40 key things. And, and, and that's a lot. And, and, and that message, it doesn't always get heard. Uh, and there's a real challenge around engaging with the media to make sure that um, those stories are told and, and those campaigning points are made. So there is a challenge and we perhaps need to focus on some key areas. Uh, and actually, from our perspective as an organisation, collision investigation is is absolutely key. It's the starting point. And, and, and when that's done consistently, thoroughly, well and fairly, then it, then it just has a very positive impact. And if the reverse happens, then the consequences can be very, very challenging. So it's trying to pick those campaigns and, and, and work on them and, and make sure that they create awareness and, and, and deliver it. And, and then again, as I've said, just in terms of this um, this journey, remembrance is really, really important and providing an opportunity for for people to come together and share their experience with others and, and remember their loved ones. So I, I think those are the, the, the some of the key things on our journey. Claire Hoyland, can I come to you and maybe you have a, a blueprint or perhaps a, a list of what should be available at the very minimum Yes, yeah, so I would say um, the two main areas which are the key areas what I would focus on for emergency service would be that communication is key. So communications at all levels between the bystander and the call centre, between the emergency services, um, both at the incident and after the incident, between first responders and the hospital, between the emergency services and the general public. Um, and I know communication just sounds a simple solution, but actually there's so many parties involved at the scene of a crash and during the whole post-crash process that is often a really big challenge to tackle, um, but a very important key starting point. The other area which I say would be would be very key is the coordination, which is essential. So all emergency services should work together. And again, I think it sounds like a simple solution, but very often they don't. Um, and this, this would involve carrying out joint training, uh, joint response, sharing resources and sharing lessons learnt to continuously improve the service that they're offering to the public. Cheryl Pinner, traditional road safety focused on correcting human behaviour. We don't hear very much about that anymore. Do you think that's still important? And, and if so, how can we make it more prominent? I do think it's important. Um, it could go right back to training, thinking about people taking their driving um, lessons, their driving tests. And I think as human beings, it's a valuable consideration that actually we do make errors of judgment. However, the bereaved necessarily won't acknowledge that their loved one was killed by um, either their own loved one's mistake, error, or by another driver's error. Sometimes I think, you know, genuine errors ha do happen. 
but a lot of it is informed choices. We know if we put our foot down, we're doing 60 miles an hour in a 30 mile an hour driving zone. We know if we take that extra drink, it's going to take us over the drink drive limit. The same with things like drugs. So, you know, whilst human beings are responsible for driving a vehicle, we are going to be making those mistakes, if that's the correct word. Nick Simmons, how helpful is that word mistake, do you think, in the context of a of a potentially fatal or actual fatal collision? I think the most important thing is learning from the causes to prevent that reoccurrence. And, you know, I mentioned our crash on accident. Um, and, 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 you know, we need to be realistic about this. But I think it comes back to responsibility. And look, one of the challenges we find as an organisation when we talk to people uh, around road danger reduction, uh, and particularly young people who are such a, a key demographic from our point of view in trying to make sure that they um, drive and behave on the road network as responsibly as they can. But people don't think it'll happen to them. And people think that their behaviour, that their driving is, is kind of okay. And, and the point that was just made before, you know, if people speed... It has a real impact. If people take that drink, it has a real, real impact. So we, we need to find a way of, of, as a wider community, just looking out and taking responsibility for the other users of the of the, of the road network and, and, and working to make those areas as safe as they possibly can. And, and, you know, just the final thing on this point to make, whilst we are very, very respectful and, 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 and grateful for the um, for the sort of the, the road safety sector. Sometimes these, these organisations can sort of set standards uh, and set targets around the sort of, you know, numbers of, I mean, you know, look, five people a day die because of a road crash. Thousands face serious injuries. And the only acceptable target is zero, isn't it? You know, vision zero is just so important. And we all need to work towards that um, over a realistic timescale. Nick, thank you. Final word to Claire Hoyland. Um, I guess it's inevitable. Humans do make mistakes and that will happen. But what we try to advocate is vision zero, as Nick says. Yes, we're going to make mistakes. There's a lot of other enforcements that could come into place that could improve that uh, and awareness of issues such as seatbelts and lower speeds, a shift away from the reliance on private cars, more campaigns for uh, safe pedestrian and cycle routes and affordable public transport. So whilst, yes, I do agree um, humans will make mistakes, but I also think that we shouldn't pay with our lives for that. And, and really, we should call upon the relevant authorities to lead on all elements of road safety to ensure the safe system and vision zero is possible and to minimise the actual chances that someone will make a mistake and to shift the blame away from the individual and back onto authorities. That was Claire Hoyland from FireAid. You also heard from Cheryl Pinner of HCC Solicitors and Nick Simmons from Roadpiece. And that brings this episode to an end. I hope you've enjoyed tuning in and I encourage you to tell your friends and colleagues to subscribe and download and get involved. We'll be right here every week until the end of September. Next week, the conversation turns to virtual reality and the potential it may have for behaviour change in young drivers. With me to discuss that will be Professor David Crundle from Nottingham Trent University and James Evans, founder of First Car magazine. Do join me then, but that's it for Are We There Yet? this week. So from me, James Luckhurst and the team, it's cheerio. <laughs>